This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. Jessica here with my bestie, Laurie Wallace. Hey, friends. Laurie, how are you doing? I'm so amazing today. Same. Me too. I'm actually really excited about all the things that we have coming up for the end of 2021 at the Badass Ladies Club. Yeah. What a freaking year. What a year. So... This is, we're changing things up a little bit for like the last few episodes of the year. We're going to skip Badass of the Week because we are so backlogged. There's so many people (laughs) that want to come on the podcast. It's actually really exciting. It is really exciting. Um, But we're focusing on getting everyone jazzed for our end of the year celebration. Manifestation celebration 2022. Here it comes. I'm so excited. So let's talk a little bit about it, though, because it's kind of this thing where I've never been about New Year's resolutions. Like, I've never really kept any New Year's resolutions. But what has been working for me and what I think really worked for, like, that 2020 to 2021 shift was this idea that I was going to change my energy, my frequency, my vibration, and that... I wanted to see how that would affect the outside world as opposed to being like, I'm going to physically change my actions, you know, like changing actions has been a complete failure, (laughs) you know? Um, So manifestation celebration is this idea that we're going to spend some time together at the end of the year, celebrating what badasses we all are really getting in touch with our divine guidance and our divine spirit and shift our energy for the year that's coming up. And what are you wanting to receive? Yeah. What will you allow? Yeah. Celebrating um, who you are. Yes. Not who you aren't and who you want to be. I mean, I think it's beautiful to have goals. Like, I don't think that that's a bad thing, but tapping into the divine human that you are. And that the real ticket to creating this life that revolves around what feels good to you is that you love and accept and nurture and care for the divine being that you are. And that for a lot of us, and I'm speaking from total experience here, that requires some work. You know, like I have had to do so much work over the last year accepting and being willing to love the divine being that I am. It doesn't happen overnight. We're taught our whole lives to like not embrace who we are and want to change that or to act more like somebody else that we're looking up to. And really like all the magic is in loving you. So manifestation celebration is going to be amazing. So excited. There are going to be tickets available. Um, You guys can hit our link tree on any of the socials or go to www.badassladiesclub.com and get your ticket. You will not want to miss this one. It's going to be awesome. So today we are talking about the great resignation, which is such a big deal right now. I mean, it's a big deal and like... I'm totally a part of this great resignation, like guilty. 
Same. Guilty. <laughs> um, but let's not make it about us for a second, like at least totally. to start off and talk about what the great resignation is and why it's happening in at the size and the impact that it's happening right now, because it's not a fluke. It right. is definitely something that is changing the shape of how people earn and make money. So the great resignation or otherwise known as like the big quit is this surge of people quitting their jobs. Um, by choice. By choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like a layoff, like in a recession sort of thing. This is people making the conscious decision to leave their jobs. And from what I've read, it's mostly people in mid-level positions, like ages 30 to 45. Um, not to say that on either side, like younger or older people aren't quitting their jobs, just not in high and as high of numbers as people in that demographic. Well, and you know, the great resignation was already happening mm -hmm. before COVID hit and knocked everything down. Yeah. And then like what stats will show is that it kind of like leveled off a little bit during COVID. Um, that people that had jobs for a minute were like, hmm, better hold on to this, this shit, you know? Yeah, I'm um, going to keep this job, yeah. But then after the pandemic, well, not after, after the world opened back up again, you know? So, yeah. like, the pandemic Pandemic's was still, still raging. Happening. Um, yeah. But when people decided that it was okay to go back to work, that it, like, there was this crisis moment, you know, where life had changed. Mm -hmm. You weren't the same as before all of this happened. And how you spend your time and how you use your skills. Uh, yeah. Like you were just reevaluating the value yeah. of everything, you know, and mainly in for people that were working from home a lot, you know, is the biggest. So if you had a job where you had to go into an office beforehand and then during pandemic times, you got to work from home. And then once everybody was able to get back out into the world and your employer wanted you to come back into the office, like this thing sort of happened where people were like, you know what, if I don't have to, I don't want to. Right. Because working from home was actually kind of amazing for all of these reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, and in the case where it was a deal breaker that you come back into the office or you continue to work from home, a lot of people were like, you know what, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but then there are the deal breaker situations, I feel like, where people, you know, had some time off work because of the pandemic and the shutdown. And then when they went back to work, they couldn't unsee yeah. what had happened, you know, like, and all of the things that you were willing to look the other way for because you needed the money or it was a good opportunity or you were scared to go out on your own or whatever the case is whatever that fear was that you had to step out of your current work situation was burnt up by this idea oh, that I feel yeah, like like you could not go back. So many people walked out of, let's say, um, temporary, you know, job loss. Like for example, us being in the beauty industry, how we were shut down for what, 10, 10 weeks. weeks. Yeah. Um, I think that people who were in industries like us where we could not work right. um, 
literally came back like, oh, you know, nothing can get me down now. I've seen it all. I've been through it. And it's just, you definitely come out of it a completely different person with a completely different perspective. Well, and then there's also like the way, and you know, definitely the salon business is a service based industry, but then you've also got industries like the restaurant industry Mm -hmm. or, you know, even the healthcare industry wasn't able to shut down during the pandemic, you know, like they had to keep moving forward. But this idea that those of us that were in service to other humans, when we came back to work, the way that we were treated in a lot of circumstances was abhorrent, you know, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. No. And that this idea that, um, you were putting your life and your health and the life and health of people that you loved in danger by showing up to work every single day and how thoughtless people were about their behaviors and their actions. And then, you know, in addition to that, so many people were forced into this thing where now they were like the watchdog or the police officer of like people wearing masks or taking your temperature when you come in the door or telling you that you have to reschedule your appointment if you have a fever. And the fury that came back at a lot of these low wage workers that were just doing their job. Like the way that you treat people is a big part of what's going on with the great resignation. And right now we're just talking about the way that customers treat employees. But the next level of that is how business owners treat employees. And I'm telling you like this whole situation employees just couldn't freaking take it anymore where they were Uh, like, you know what? I don't get paid enough for this shit. I don't get paid enough. (laughs) And I can sell handcrafted goods at a flea market and make as much money as I'm making working for you with you treating me like shit. You know, like that it just isn't worth all of the shit you have to put up with anymore to take it from your boss and take it from the people that you're servicing that, yeah, so many people were like, you know what? There's a better way and I'm about to find it, you know, because the drama is just too much. So yeah, the pandemic was like this huge pressure cooker of employees deciding my well-being, my health, my mental health, my happiness, and my sanity are not worth whatever little bit of money I'm getting from. And you cannot treat me like this anymore. And I, for one, am here for it. Like Seriously. You know, I get... Being a hairdresser, I talk to a lot of different people every day with a lot of different opinions. And, you know, this great resignation is a big um, topic of conversation right now. And a lot of people are like, you know, the whole country is hiring. If you don't have a job, it's because you don't want one. Gross. And I'm like, listen here, I like... No judgment, no hate, but you get to sit at a desk all day in the comfort of your own home. You try being out here dealing with everyone's shit. Like those are the people who are like, yeah, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And and if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it on my terms. Based off of everything that we have taught at the Badass Ladies Club over the last six months to a year, it's people who make remarks like that. They're uncomfortable and they don't like it because they're profiting from people being treated like garbage and being able to pay next to nothing for their products and services. And that they know that this great resignation is going to put them in a position of having to treat people like with respect, 
which is hard for oh, some my reason, goodness. you know, yeah. and actually paying a living wage to people who are working themselves to death for your convenience. Right. Because it's not like you can't make your own meal and serve it and then clean up after yourself. It's a convenience for you to go to a restaurant and be cooked for and waited on and cleaned up after, you know, like it's a convenience for you to go to a grocery store and have unlimited amounts of variety for you to shop and choose from with stocked shelves. You know, like you cannot continue to ask people to cut their throat, to make you comfortable for your convenience and not expect to pay for it at a certain point. And people who say shit like that are the people that are benefiting from these low wage workers that are being put in situations that they should have never been put in in the first place. Like it's time to bring it home y'all. Yeah. And it's time to have a real conversation around, I mean, God, this goes deeper than like what we're really talking about today, but just around inflation and wages and what does that mean? Like making a livable wage, you know, because, um, someone very close to me works at a restaurant and he was telling me like, we can't keep anyone. And I'm like, well, no shit. Why would anybody want to do that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign up to make $2 and 13 cents an hour and have my entire basically paycheck, quote unquote, whether it's cash or not, be dependent on the kindness of other people in this climate? No way. Are you kidding me? Like with unstable hours, not a consistent work week, you know, because you go in when you're open, you leave when you're not busy anymore. Yeah. So it could be a four hour day. It could be a 12 hour day, you know, like no benefits, no paid time off, no paid vacation. Oh, and if your restaurant has health insurance, good luck paying that premium because your paycheck doesn't cover it. So you're paying out of, you know, your like $2 an hour barely pays the taxes <laughs> on the 20%. The IRS assumes you're making, right? You know, so you're paying taxes regardless of how much you're getting tipped, right? And there is, I mean, like, unless you're working 70 hours a week, it's not going to cover that, you know? So you're automatically in the hole when you show up to work. Like, it costs too much money to show up to work. Right. And that's just Working is expensive. And people don't understand that. Working is expensive. But most jobs that you have to show up for in person and do in the flesh, okay, require that you look a certain way. Mm-hmm. That you show up in some sort of dress code, that you are providing this sense of value to your clients so they want to see you looking successful and happy and well-adjusted. And you got to be nice to people. Like, <laughs> that, all of these things. And then you have to commute. So this is requiring, like, yeah, there's fuel and car maintenance, but there's also what it costs you to get to work on time to get your kids to school before you have to do that, to make sure that you go to the grocery store, to make sure that you have like all of the things you have to leverage your life around in order to be a good employee is a drain on your energy. And Mm -hmm. that I think for the people working at home so much, we're like, oh my God, just the stress of not having to do all of that is worth whatever amount of money I've got to get. I mean, most of my clients who are now remote and working from home who weren't before, are ecstatic at, especially women, you know, like, cause typically you have to like do your hair and makeup, right. you know, which men don't typically have to do. Um, but j- especially my lady clients who are remote now, they're like, I get to roll out of bed, 
go straight to work, it saves me two hours in the morning. Like, you know, it saves me time getting ready and time commuting and time getting back. Like I could take a shower on my lunch break and they're loving it. So good. Yeah. And I love it for them, honestly. Like, I think that's great. Or, I mean, like I am a fan of the emotional support pet. And like just being able to do work from my laptop with my dog sitting in my lap all day, like (laughs) it hits me in a place that is so solid and good, you know, where I'm just like, even if I'm frustrated, even if I'm like dealing with a situation that's causing me stress, having Bowie curled up in my lap, like just makes me feel better in a way that I couldn't have if I was at the office, you know? Right, right. Um, And just being able to control your vibe and the space that you're in is really, really powerful. So let's talk about this like concept of the value of time. Because I know, you know, if we're talking about the great resignation and how it changed our lives, um, you know, like 2021 was a really interesting shift because in 2020 we had the 10 weeks out of work because of the pandemic. And then back to work and it was a totally different job. Nothing about what we did Nothing for a about what we was, did the was the same. Everything was different and that nobody could offer us any support or any guidance on how to do the thing. Like it was a brand new world in every industry where you were just like trying to navigate whatever. Um, and I'm gonna be real y'all. Like I remember coming home and sobbing every day and just being like, I literally cannot do this. You know, like Mm -hmm. it was hard before it is impossible now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we like made it through the weird holidays last year where like you felt guilty for going and seeing your grandma and you didn't, you know, like (laughs) got all the shame and weirdness about like having any time. Um, and then at my house we were exposed to COVID. And so I ended up having to take two weeks of my vacation off early in January because we had been exposed and we didn't know, you know, like if we were going to end up with it. So automatically just to start 2021, I had been working a lot less than I ever had my entire working life for the previous six months. And it kind of like recalibrated me in this really interesting way that then when I started to like go back to full-time work, um, the value of my time was so much higher than whatever money I was making for that time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got into this place where I was like, even though I don't know what this looks like and I don't know how I'm going to replace this income, it doesn't matter. Like I can't go backwards. And, you know, I've talked a lot on this podcast about my life circumstances are a lot different than other people's as far as like being able to take big, crazy risks and, you know, like being able to figure it out on the back end. Um, but there was just no question, like my time and me being able to do what I needed to do when I needed to do it was my 100% priority. And it started to shift everything around that. Um, and even though I can talk about it now and think that that's kind of exciting, at the time, it was really, really scary to know that like everything was going to have to change and that I had been indoctrinated into this work culture where I really needed all of my authority figures to love and approve of my decisions. Yeah. And I looked to them for validation so much in these decisions. And when I mean authorities, I don't just mean like my boss. I also mean like 
my parents and you oh, know, like yeah. anybody that I've ever worked for in the past. Like, it's like there was this entity that was judging me that wasn't really a person or a thing, but instead like this compilation of like every, yeah, like authority idea. figure that was yeah. like judging my every decision. And the idea of scaling back and being like, just kidding. I know I've been working for over two decades on this career path, but now I'm saying, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. And instead I'm going to do something that I don't even know what it is. And I don't even really know how to explain how it's going to work. Um, that that's like some pride crumbling eating shit kind of energy that I had to embrace and just be okay with the fact that I was about to disappoint people and that I was going to look like, I felt like a hypocrite, you know, like, and that that is a really hard thing when you start to shift this idea of how you work and how you make money. Um, it's, Honestly, like one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is look myself in the mirror and be like, nope, everything is about to change. And the way that you've been doing it was working for a minute, but it's not working anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And as someone from the outside watching you do it, um, I mean, Laurie, like you're resilient. You always land on your feet. Like you, you know, so I was never worried for you in that sense, but yeah, I had moments of like, oh my God, she's fucking crazy. She's going to do it. She's going to do this. She's actually going to quit her job. And I'm so excited. Like, um, so yeah, there were moments of like, what's going to happen? Um, but the hardest part for me was that, because, you know, people think that we're one person. Right. They always sure. talk to me about you. Oh, yeah. Um, and their lack of approval around what you were doing. Well, there was lots of that. And I was just like, sounds like something you need to talk to Laurie Wallace about, not me. Like, I... That would require a spine. Right. You that know, would like, require, yeah. like, an actual confrontation. <laughs> and, like, it's rather than filtering it through the best friend. Right. But... I mean, it was just crazy, like, the amount of, you know, people, like, low-key trying to get, like, information. And well, but if we weird. circle back around to this idea of the people that are saying that nobody wants to work and no one wants a job, it's the same thing. So anybody who has something to say about the way I've chosen to conduct myself in the work sphere over the last year is somebody who is also uncomfortable with the way they are working in their lives. And because I'm stepping out and doing what's right for me, it only shines a light on the fact that they're not doing that for themselves. Yeah. And which is why it's so hard to come directly to me and instead go around me. Um, and I'm always quick to point out the reason I recognize that is because I used to be me. I used to be that guy that was talking shit about people for doing what it was that they needed to do in their careers to take care of themselves. Which you and I have talked about in many, many conversations and probably even on this podcast, I don't know, all of our conversations melt together for me. So I forget like what we say on here versus like not, (laughs) but you know, like that hypocrisy that both you and I have had mm-hmm. where, I mean, we used to judge hardcore yeah. when people would leave and go off and do something to make themselves happy when with a lot of healing and self-reflection, we've realized that that was out of our own unhappiness and being jealous Yes, that we couldn't take that leap, that we couldn't do those things when all along we could, we just weren't, weren't. And 
let it be a lesson, right? For everyone. It is okay to change your mind. Yes. It is okay to evolve and grow and be like, huh, I used to look at life this way, but now I'm seeing looking at it this way is actually a lot better. Like, honestly, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And this like death grip on the way that I do things and it's the only way and that everybody that doesn't do it this way is, you know, wrong and I've got to defend and fight my, like that shit is exhausting. And isn't getting anyone where they want to go anyway. Like you're supposed to grow and evolve. So when people around you are like shifting their ideas of the way they look at the world and they're changing their minds, we've got to get back around to this idea of like supporting and loving that process instead of trying to hold people back to where they used to be. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need you to be the person that you were five years ago. Yeah. I need you to be the person that you want to be today, you know, and not allowing people to do that is really toxic. And it's something that, you know, like we can see it, like we're talking about it in respect to careers and work, but you can see it everywhere. You see it in the way that people parent, you see it in politics, you see it in, you know, like there's just so many ways where it's okay to grow. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to grow. You're supposed to change. And hopefully, ideally, you're becoming a better human, you know, and figuring life out more and more. Yeah. You know, I've had a couple situations lately where when I'm sharing our new business ventures with people that I'm really excited about that I guess we'll talk about later, but, um, I've lately been sharing our new business ventures and being really excited about it and saying, Oh my gosh, I can't wait. This is what we're doing. And blah, 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 blah. I've had a small handful of people be like, (laughs) I hope that works out for you. Mm -hmm. Do you have a backup plan? Isn't that funny? And I'm like, listen here, unless you have, if you have anything else to say other than, wow, Jessica, I'm so excited for you. And I know you're going to do such a great job in this new venture. I don't want to hear it. Shove it. Like, then just say nothing. Mm -hmm. Even if you love me and you think that it's the dumbest idea in the world, I just need you to say, I know you're going to do great. (laughs) Please lie to me. But I'm going to push back on that. Please do that for other people. (laughs) You, yes, that's the best way (laughs) to respond to that kind of thing is with wholehearted support. And I believe that there's a reason why we encounter people that don't do that, right? Because again, to a point that we feel like we beat to get to death almost every podcast is this idea for like, I need outside validation. Yeah. And that the more healed you are, the more comfortable and confident you are with your choices. And then when people bring these things to you that like Jessica from a year ago, maybe would have been like, oh shit, am I doing the right thing? Maybe they're right. Maybe this is too risky. Like, that, Oh God, yes. That, that a more healed Jessica that's operating in alignment with who she really is can see what that is for what it is, which is their own insecurity. And then mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with you. And then it doesn't affect or gauge where you're going. So when that stuff comes to me, I'm actually like really thankful because I can see how much less it affects me than it once did. And then I can like see my own growth in the whole situation and be like, go me. 
because I don't Way need to go, you self. Yeah, to tell me that this is a good idea because I know it's a good idea. And I can also see that you pushing it back on me like it's not a good idea is just a reflection of your own damage. And that's okay too. Yeah. You know, like that that's just where you're at. Right. It makes you a more loving human because you understand that it's not about you when yeah. people do that. It's totally about them. Yeah, for sure. And you and I are a product of this in a way like so much I feel of the great resignation is you had time to reflect. Yeah. Nothing but time. And say, (laughs) well, what the fuck am I doing? Mm -hmm. If I'm not this, then what am I? Right. Because I used to not even allow myself to think, oh, if I wasn't a hairstylist, who would I be? Like that wasn't even a conversation, an option, nothing. I never in a million years would have been like, Oh, one day I want to be a hairstylist and a podcaster and a business owner and a retreat, a retreat guide. And like I, up to two years ago, Laurie, I would have never even entertained the idea of doing anything else. And then we're closed for 10 weeks. You have nothing but time to sit there and stare at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh my God, what am I doing? And... I mean, I'm really lucky that I do love what I do, but as we've said in this podcast episode already, it changed. It changed, and this is the other part, I think, of the great resignation that's so obvious, is that working is different, even without the pandemic, okay? Working is different now than it was 50 years ago. Yeah. Okay, like back in the day, people got out of high school, they either learned a trade and went straight to work or they went to college and they got some For like $1,000. Right. (laughs) A semester. And they got a job and they like hung in and they worked there for 30 or 40 years a lot of times. And they had their pensions pensions and and benefits and they got their gold watch and they got their, you know, like, but your company was like in it with you where they were like, okay, so we see that you are committing your entire working life to us. And so for that, we are going to commit to being with you and investing in you, sometimes even after you don't work here anymore, you know, and that there was this thing. And then also like things like social security benefits were a lot more stable than they are nowadays and actually would cover the cost of your living expenses. But nowadays, whatever you get in social security doesn't even cover your freaking electric bill. Like it's not even enough. So the way that people have worked in are earning money now has had to change as a reflection of that. And companies are not in it with you anymore. Well, you know, right. like I was about to say, like, there is no place. What's, what's why, why would I stay somewhere for 30 something plus years? If what am I getting out of that? You're getting stress and right? you're getting underpaid <laughs> and you're getting undervalued and you're getting underthanked and you're getting people that are like, whatever, just figure it out, you know, and that this just is go to work and die. It's fine. Why? <laughs> When things like a pandemic happens, that people are like, you know what? This measly $30,000 a year or $50,000 a year or $80,000 a year, I can figure out a way to do that. And even if I don't replace my $80,000 a year income and I'm only making fifty-five dollars or $60,000, my time and my happiness and my well-being are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars to me. 
and it just doesn't matter. You can keep your crappy job, you know? And that in this place that we're in too, we were also always taught that you have to like pick what's the, what do you want to be when you grow up? What's the one thing you want to be when you grow up? And it was like this huge burden, even as a six-year-old to decide what you wanted to be. And then when you got to high school, it was like, well, where are you going to go to college? What kind of, what college is good for the thing you want to learn how to do? And then God forbid you go to college and pay for something and get educated to do what you want to do and then get out into the field and decide that it's not for you. Then what are you supposed to do? You know, and that there's no rhyme or reason to this idea that you have to pick one thing that most people over the last 50 years have had three or four careers and they've all been successes at a certain level, you know, and that it's all right and totally acceptable in today's world to have multiple streams of income that come to you from different jobs that you're doing. And there's so much shame. Like, I can't tell you how much crap I've gotten about like, people aren't going to know what you're doing because you're all over the place. And that's okay with me, you know, watching, see what we do. (laughs) I got news for you. Like I'm not trying to connect with a hundred million people. Yeah. Like for me to support myself in the manner that I am accustomed to living, I don't need thousands of clients. I don't really even need hundreds of clients, you know, like I need a handful of people that are super invested in what it is that I have to offer. And I've got like eight different things I can offer. Yeah. So it narrows the field of the people that I need that are actually engaged in what I'm offering. And that my efforts are about making the world a better place. That my efforts are about making their lives better and more sustainable in whatever manner is possible. And that this idea that you have to commit to the one job and you got to keep your head down and you got to stay at the same place and you got to, you know, like it's a trap in 2021. Yeah. In 1970, it had some legs. Okay. (laughs) But in 2021, it's a freaking joke and people are not following following for it anymore. No, no, no. And should we share the exciting news that we're on track for our biggest month yet? So let this be a lesson, right? (laughs) To anyone going through this. Because, well, I guess maybe I kind of want to start here. Badass Ladies Club has been very exciting since it started. Whether it was making money, whether it was like in the red, <laughs> like no matter what. There's been uh, a lot of months in the red. Right. <laughs> like no matter what the financial situation is, there was always really exciting things happening. Yes. Um, but I'd say like over the last six to eight weeks, we have really hit our stride with allowing the abundance to come into the company. And yeah, we're on track right now for what, like by the time this episode gets out, it'll be December, Mm -hmm. but like we're in November right now. November stands to be the best income month that we have ever had at the Badass Ladies Club. And more to come. And we still have over a week left of the month to go. And it's going to be a big freaking week. Like, it's so in respect to earning and like replacing your earnings from whatever job you have with your new side hustle, which is what Badass Ladies Club began as was our side hustle. Um, so much of it became this idea that like we were ready and believing in what we were offering 
because we tried a lot of things, you know, and some things worked and some things didn't, and some things were more expensive than we realized. And, you know, like that there was a lot of learning and being like, Hmm, well, that's cool, but maybe this isn't the thing, you know, and a lot of frustration about what is the thing. And I know for me, I can like speak for 50% of the situation. It's when I stopped trying so hard to figure it out. And I got in touch with my inner guidance, like we preach all the mm-hmm. time, right? And said, like, I freaking surrender. Yep. Like, I've given it all I have. I've done all the hustling and hard work and trying and efforting that I have to offer. And that didn't work. And so now I'm willing to get out of the way and be guided and be led to the thing that's going to allow us to support this company and ourselves in a bigger and more impactful way and make a difference in the world. And man, like when it came, it was almost too easy and too good to be true. Like, yes. And we'll talk about that in another episode. Yes. But um, it was definitely a lesson from the universe. You're like, okay, okay. I get it. Let it breathe. Just let it breathe. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Um, And that it's also really interesting just because of the timing. Like, hear me when I say y'all. There are exciting things on the horizon that we cannot tell you about in this uh, episode because it's just not time yet. But the way that the universe works when you put out what you want and you believe that you're worthy of receiving it and you reframe your beliefs to support that and you start to reprogram your mind from all this bullshit that you've been taught your whole life, um, it's attracted to you. It can't help but come to you. Yeah, it's It's law. It's bigger than any of us. It's bigger than any corporation. It's bigger than any paycheck. Like being in that vibe and learning how to receive is changing the face of the badass ladies club in my life for damn sure. Hell yeah, girl. Yeah. Um, So if you have this dream to shift the way that you earn and shift the way that you work and take your life back because truly like that's the way that I feel about it is yes. like I have gotten my life back, my time back, mm-hmm. my connection with my family and friends and people that I love back and that life like waking up every day. I'm like, is it really this good? <laughs> like, is this really what I get to do? Like the answer is yes, yes. you can have it. You can be it. You can do it. We've got lots of opportunities to be able to show you how to do that. Um, But the first thing I would encourage you to do is to get on the Badass Ladies Club uh, website and check out how you book an intuitive healing session with Jessica or myself because we do one-to-one intuitive healings and coaching. Get you a ticket to Manifestation Celebration in 2022. It's only going to be like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. I don't know. We haven't really planned out how long it is. You you don't have to like go anywhere. No. You and I probably just for entertainment's sake will be in my pajamas from the waist down while we do it. Um, oh, yeah, and it could be a pajama party. Yeah, I actually love the idea of it being I a pajama do party. Too. Let's make it a badass pajama party. Okay, okay. Um, but invest in things that feel good. So if the vibration that we're putting out elevates you in some way, if it's like activating something inside of you then know that the energy and money and time that you invest in that direction is only going to come back to you a million times fold. It is how we got to where we are right now is by doing exactly this thing. On purpose, we wanted Manifestation Celebration to be accessible financially and with the time commitment that you're going to put into it. So 
what, December 29th? Mm-hmm. It's yes. an evening celebration. I think it's a Wednesday evening. Yeah, like, yeah. so... That week between Christmas and New Year's. Do whatever you gotta do. Rearrange your world so you can be there with us. This is going to be one of the most exciting things that we've ever launched before. Yeah, it's going to be really great. And um, we're getting really great feedback on the other things that we're doing. So I have only like the utmost, you know, best feeling that this is going to be even better than what we've been doing. It's It's going to be awesome. We love you guys. We see you doing the work. Keep taking care and keep that, that, that. Keep taking care of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Later, guys. Bye.